You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, truth. the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. All right, all right. Greetings. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Optimal State Podcast. I think we have a very good one for you all today. Dare I even say great? I'm extremely happy to be with you all today. And uh, I'm joined by my my co-host, the man who is like a beach personified as, as though it were a wise man playing playing guitar on the beach. Senor Adam. How's it going, dude? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? Uh, good to uh, see you all virtually, or not see you virtually, but uh, yeah, glad to be here, and uh, hopefully we can get some good topics for you going today. Yeah, what's been going on? I mean, anything that's been on your mind this past week, or? Uh, no, been same old, same old, uh, just... Working, you know, uh, got robbed the other day, but other than that, last week, but, you know, uh, yeah. Does happen it. sometimes. I mean, when you, when you go to a liquor store and, uh, in, uh, you know, at night and not necessarily the best part of town, as our, our buddy, as our hero of the story, Adam, happened to do that night, it could happen. You know, the, the likelihood of it happening tends to be a little bit higher, I would say. Yeah, totally. I mean, you leave your, your uh, you leave your car unlocked in in a bad area, you might get robbed. That's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm joking about it, you know. I and I I'm doing so. I, I'm probably treating it a little too flippantly. No one likes being robbed. It's a major violation in all regards. So, you know, dude, I'm sorry to make light of it. Uh, it is. It's a tiny bit funny just because. You know, I know you and what they stole was actually pretty hilarious because it wasn't really too much. I mean, it was uh, valuable enough, but it wasn't like it was jewelry or anything. Uh, do you want to reveal exactly what it was that the the thieves in question took? <clears throat> yeah, no, I don't care. I, I, I think it's funny now. I, the first like few days, it pissed me off, of course, but, uh, you know, I'm over it now. I just yeah, they're fucking they're, they're assholes or whoever or the guy, whoever it was. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's just I don't want to have to go. First of all, I hate shopping. So, but uh, they took my clothes out of my car. Uh, they took my laundry. Uh, I had just done laundry the previous day, and I was actually come up to do the first episode of the podcast, and I come out of the liquor store, my laundry's gone. Uh, yeah, I double taked, you know, looked everywhere, looked in the trunk, drove all the way back home, and uh, that was, uh, yeah, it wasn't, th- it wasn't there, so. They took it. I don't know what they did with it. You know, I'm not sure if some guy's going to be wearing my shoes or, you know, wearing my underwear. But, you know, I mean, it's, a, you know, a, a learning experience. I usually do lock my car, but, I mean, what can you really do? I mean, shit happens. And, uh, you know, hopefully maybe the clothes I get this time will be better. But I don't know. <laughs> that That's very good way to look at it. You know, the, the good thing about people stealing your underwear is you get fresh, clean underwear. That is the good outcome. But... Yeah, you yeah, know what? It's you know, a Confucius quote. Die I who think so, lose yeah. yeah. Die who lose underwear 
get clean ones eventually. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's good. I, I think that should go, uh, you know, maybe we should add that after the intro to the show, after the new intro. We'll, we'll put that there as like the, the intro to the show. Um, but, you know, I, it, it made me think the, the whole situation about just people's state of mind right now. And just actually the state of mind that people have when they're out of their minds, right? Where they're all up on drugs. Uh, and I think now more than ever, we're seeing that amongst the general population. We're seeing it people who maybe, you know, five, 10 years ago would have had it perhaps a little more together, may, maybe like to dabble in a little blow here and there get drunk a little bit i feel painkillers are way more common obviously fentanyl is becoming an issue uh and um i don't know anything you would want to speak to that in terms of things you've seen or experiences you've had well what i think is interesting is my aunt said you know throughout the years her uh car has been consistently robbed she's been robbed over five times she said that one time she went to the uh gym and her windows were bashed in uh she said she's had her present stolen for christmas in her car that she was going to give her to her family uh, i guess she left her car unlocked and the next day she, on christmas she went out to get the, the presents and they're all gone uh my cousin i guess went on vacation recently and they stole his catalytic converter right out of the driveway of his house in the middle of the day that's a big thing going on right now actually i mean at least yeah, that well, i've i've been hearing about like i heard not sorry to cut you off, but I heard the other day people uh, a story. Uh, I think it was in Texas, and uh, a woman was some guys just pulled right up. It was like two Mexican guys and two ladies with them pulled right up while the lady was there. I, she might have been nodding out in the car, and they go right. They popped open the hood, go right in, and started taking the catalytic converter out. And she snapped two through the car in reverse. Or forward, I guess it would make more sense forward, and ran over one of the guys who was taking it and killed him. So, you know, that's that's what it takes to make the story sensationalized. But this is this is actually very normal. It's it's a crazy industry. People rip them right out. They go to a chop shop and they drop it off, make uh, three four hundred dollars, I think, off one. Don't quote me on that. Definitely not an expert, but uh, yeah, well, it's, <clears throat> it's just sad that we're living in a world where you have to look over your shoulder. And, uh, you know, we're the richest, greatest country in the world. And that's what we're dealing with. And it just kind of shows you the state of mind of people. Um, you know, and it, obviously it's a small population that does that. It's not everybody. But I think that times are a lot more difficult than the media is making it seem. Um, people are much more desperate. You know, the prices, are, prices are climbing. Uh, you know, people are, are starting to lose their jobs. And this is just kind of the start of it. It's the start of, you know... Uh, I mean, the, the collapse that we always talk about could take, you know, 10, 15 years. It's not going to be like, I don't believe it's going to be something that <clears throat> one day we wake up and, you know, everything is just completely, you know, gone. It's just going to be a gradual overtime thing, you know, and it's going to be like systematic, you know, the, the, the end of uh, America as we know it. It's a slow drip, right? It's a slow drip on a rock, a slow erosion everybody thinks collapse that the whole thing's just going to come out from under them. But it's exactly, as you said, it takes time. It's, it's one little thing over time. You know, it's the, 
uh, all the bridges we have in this country that are over 50 years old and are in dire need, like billions of dollars, tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars that need to be put in those bridges that probably are not going to be put in all those bridges. Um, you know, this is just like the, the straws that keep being piled on the proverbial camel's back uh, as time goes on. So, well, yeah, yeah everybody, and- they, they fool people into thinking that what we have is good and that uh, what we have is the best in the world when it could be so but much better. But that you need more at the same time. It's yeah, great, exactly. but you need more of it, more of it, more of it. And I think it was this whole upward trend that uh, the boomer generation really set in motion largely in terms of this just perennial increase in the way of what and the quality of life, or at least how they perceive the quality of life, which is pure materialism, right? It's just how much stuff we can acquire, how much stuff we can do that make us happy, that bring us pleasure, that give us shots of dopamine in our brain. It's what it was all about to them. And we, we were raised like that, the, the millennials and now the Gen Z who are coming into, into adulthood. This is how we were, our parents, this is, this is the morality our parents gave us. It was that everything that matters, well, no, excuse, it's not everything. It's you, what you want, your happiness is all that matters. And truth doesn't matter in, a, in that moral framework. Truth is like eighth. It's it's barely even recognized as, as something important. How could it be if if we celebrate the the people that we celebrate, right? Actors who are professional liars, they they perform for a living. These are the most celebrated people, some of the most celebrated people in our society. Well, I mean. It, you know, maybe not so much Hollywood celebrities now, but still we, we have, you know, your YouTube personalities or, or whatnot. So yeah, no, very, very interesting. Kind of the circle back though. It's in terms of things kind of starting to fall apart. You start to see those fractures in society and the people on the bottom are unfortunately the ones who are affected the most, you know, the people who are just trying to get by and have to rub shoulders are, are kind of forced to rub shoulders with the unsavory types who are, you know, maybe trying to get by in rare instances, but most of the time just don't give two shits. You know, they're, they're willing to do whatever they will to you for themselves to, to better their position. Well, I guess it's just also to like, who's making these people famous? The only people that are making these people famous are the people that are following around with cameras all day. You know what I mean? Those are the people that, are making the rich people or like whoever these celebrities are, are uh, famous. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking to somebody the other day and I told them, <clears throat> I was like, oh, you know, if I saw 99% of celebrities on the street, I would walk right by them and not even know. The only way I would really know if they were a celebrity, if they had paparazzi or somebody following them with a the camera, you know, unless it was like George Clooney might be the only person that I might recognize. But even like a lot of the famous baseball, like I follow baseball, I wouldn't recognize half these guys. You know what I mean? Like, so who are like who's making these people famous? Because they're not like something that you know I talk about, or my friends talk about, or my family talks about. And the only place they ever really reside are movies and maybe the news. But other than that, I don't understand what is really making them famous besides 
the entertainment industry itself, you know? That's spot on. It's, it's all manufactured. You and I could speak to that in a way from direct experience in from our time putting a putting a band together, you know, or bands, I should say. So much of that is how you manufacture it, how you sell it to people, um, in addition to actually structuring the the music and the image, the pictures, it's we're putting something together for people to consume, for people to have some sort of relationship with and it's the same thing with celebrity culture they're they're manufacturing an entity which really is just the the figurehead of some business enterprise right it's just as you said these commercials where they have to tell you hey it's jeremy renner and then they do their ad right that it's not jeremy renner the person so much it's jeremy renner corporated Right. It's it's Jeremy Redder, the corporation. So there are a lot of people who are just riding this business out. And I think it's the same with a lot of what we're sold in in so many regards and why we buy into a lot of things. Right. It's it's almost all a lot of celebrity culture. Right. I, I mean, that's like. uh just in terms of like the symbolism of society, so many things are given a certain importance, but it's very arbitrary. It's like completely manufactured, right? And it's just, we're so inundated with these things that we think that they're important. And then we build this certain social structure out of that. Yeah, well, t totally. And it's, <clears throat> it's very funny because I think people, I mean, I guess people take it seriously if it's like, that popular uh, of a thing to like, maybe read entertainment weekly or go on their website or find out or TMZ. I don't, you know, I don't really understand it, but um, it's like you said, it's very manufactured. They're only famous just because, you know, people are making them famous. And I don't really think it's like consumers that are making them famous because most people aren't, you know, uh, most people really aren't hip to entertainment things from what i've seen even like you know my co-workers or anybody i i it's, it's these actors and even famous people like nobody talks about them nobody it's not it's no one no one cares but it's it's getting people's attention and i think a lot of it is is more about just holding people's attention and even it's their it's their subconscious attention it's their it's like their least amount of effort state of consciousness the attention of that because that's where people reside a lot of the time. We have our conscious effort that we put into things. And often it's put into work. It's put into family. It's put into our, our friends. It's put into our hobbies. But there's this sort of subtle level of attention that brings us through life that I think they could latch onto by just always having these messages blaring at us. So for instance, like when we go through life and we're just kind of on autopilot, like you know, you probably have a routine when you're going to your day job. You might wake up in the morning, uh, look at your phone real quick, look at the news. Boom, you're being bombarded with so much messaging already. Then you're going to, uh, you know, to work, pass it by all these billboards, all these other cars that are coming your way. It's just a ton of messaging that's being sent to you. So that's kind of what I was um just alluding to in terms of like the power that they're really trying to 
get a hold of you? Because even if it, even if people don't seem to be very consciously aware of what they're consuming, I think it still has a big effect. So anyway, guys, uh, we're going to just take a quick break. And I mentioned our music, our, our band that we used to have. So uh, I think we're going to leave you with uh, a little, little Kitari. We're going to go to break. See you guys on the other side. back that was ghost city shores actually the first well one of the first songs that adam and i wrote funny enough and that was uh maybe our peak in musical creativity right there yeah back so in uh, 2003 <laughs> if not even like 2000 well yeah probably 2000 well no probably before that dude I'm thinking 2001 or two, which I guess isn't that big of a difference, but 
There were no cars. We were, I don't think we were driving. What's that? Yeah, no, totally. It was like, I would say it's probably definitely around like seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, very different times back then, man. Yeah. Very different times than, uh, than actually this video that I was thinking uh, we watch or have a little reaction to came to my attention a short while ago. What's that? I was gonna say uh, no. I was gonna say we gotta get find that picture that your brother showed us of us in, uh, um, of uh, playing in your sister's clothes. <laughs> well, I, that was you. I think you had my. You were rocking my sister's <laughs> clothes, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get uh, the facts right. Yeah, we should I'm find good. that picture so we <laughs> get the facts straight. That's a good segue. Oh, perfect segue because. <laughs> This video is fantastic, man. There's someone uh, who looks like he's dressed up in my sister's clothes. And uh, it came to my attention like a month or so ago. Um, I, I actually saw a few other people doing a reaction to it. And I, I just felt compelled to do one uh, of our, we should have one. And uh, so a little context, it's like eight or nine random guys. They're put on a panel and they are there to discuss what masculinity means to them and other other related questions like that. The whole thing is pretty uh, pretty uninspiring. Yeah, that's that's about as euphemistic a take I think I could take on it. The whole thing is is done by vice, firstly. And those guys to me don't really they're just not the guys you really want doing a panel on masculinity. Right. I mean, I imagine the head editor of Vice is this this like Uber Sean Penn fan, you know, and he's he's obsessed with with plume acquisition, so to speak, like feathers in his hat. Right. But they're just like these sort of superficial trappings of of masculinity. These like uh, like pins on his jacket or something. Right. They're they're not they're detached from actual manhood. It's, and it's it's um it's interesting because the whole this whole panel, all these guys seem to be suffering from this sort of like tragedy of sabotage masculinity. It's really weird. And it's like they're all gathered here to kind of discuss what it is. But the one thing, the one common thing really, it seems amongst all of them is this sort of weak approach to life that they take. Like it just seems like everything they do is almost to undermine what a man could be it's always like yeah, a man is this but and then like all these exceptions like why we need to take this away and this away and this away and if you hear any other when they like break things down in the groups if you hear any other of these so-called groups they always operate from positions of strength almost always almost all these groups right it's like you know gay men black women indigenous folk whatever it is they're always coming off from positions of strength but when they want to have a panel on masculinity it's very telling i think that all these guys feel they have to make excuses for it so anyway i'm getting a little ahead of myself i think we should just watch it and uh yeah here we go starts out with the the host introducing himself in the panel being here and talking through masculinity what it means to be a man etc um, obviously, we couldn't fit every man in the country into this room. Uh, we tried to get a diverse perspective, but of course, that caveat, we're not everyone. I wanted to start 
by telling you why this is something that I'm interested in. I have an eight-year-old son, and I'm seeing him absorb what manliness might mean. I, like, I'm thinking to myself, like, what does it mean to be a man? To that to me is crazy, right? I mean, how do you, you're a father and you don't, and you, you're questioning what it means to be a man. So you, you bring in a panel of, of men, one of whom we, you can't see is wearing a dress and you're going to ask them what it means to be a man because you yourself are confused. So the whole room is just confused. That's what we're kind of starting out with. And, they, and they, of course they put the guy with the cowboy hat in the middle, like the most typical, you know, like we don't even know if he actually wears one in real life. You know what I mean? Like exactly. You know, like, oh, it's just like, oh, well, let's just put a guy with the cowboy hat in and it makes him look masculine, and that way his opinion means more. Oh, and you? Well, I mean, actually, I would say yes, but also I would say that's like that goes back to what we were discussing earlier about the imagery, about the symbolism. I think that guy on this panel represents the more conservative white male maybe southern christian view right and that's to me is the emblem of that would be like a cowboy hat which this guy is wearing you know this guy looks like he would be if he wasn't on this vice panel he could be in a country music band right i mean that's like what he looks like but like pop country like what you would see what like he would be next to carrie underwood or something so anyway that's what we're starting out with uh let's keep it going start maybe we could just introduce each other to each other and if you were to describe what it means to be a man or to be masculine uh, my name is tahoe i'm a black man from the hood when i was young being a man you had to be tough you had to be hard and now to me being a man is a lot different now to me being a man is knowing when to be soft knowing that you don't always have to run the charge you can actually listen you know what i mean so things have changed a lot over the course of the years for me i'm griffin and what? And, and they're everybody's nodding their head as he says this. Okay, like so. This it's like I said. He's, he's introducing himself, and it immediately, like, oh, I was I was tough when I was younger, but now I'm soft. And the men in the back are all nodding their head. I just like what I I don't I just don't understand what the what the point is. Well, you know, and and we have to understand first thing with like watching something like that these could be paid actors like straight up like you know there's no legitimacy for any of these people unless they were to give their maybe instagram handles and they weren't you know they're actually you're you know that's the only way you'd be able to prove if these people are actually your average everyday people but when i see a group looks like this i mean you got a black guy wearing like a salmon colored collared shirt you know what right. i mean you got like you know, it, you just, it just seems so phony just by looking at it. Like if I walked into that room, I would just be like, dude, these people don't look like they belong here. Right. Wait, my name is Tahoe. What? 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 I've never met who, anyone named ever, Tahoe from the hood in the box. Himself, I am a black man. You know what right, I mean? Right. That like, too. Right. Exactly. Why do you, nobody talks like that. You know, no, I mean, I work with plenty of, you know, people of all different, you know, races. And I've never heard anybody say, hi, my name is Jeremy. I'm a black man. You know what I mean? Like, give me a break. Right, it's right. And, so I, and you know what? I really do kind of, I'm I'm already, you know, we're a minute and 30 seconds into this. I'm really leaning that way. I think this could largely be completely scripted. At the very least, there was some casting call 
right? And if these guys aren't necessarily actors, they responded to some sort of casting call and are definitely coached by producers throughout on what they maybe not necessarily what they should answer, but you know, they know kind of the vibe, I'm sure, of Vice. I mean, right? I you, the guy is again. I, I mean, I hate to keep drawing this up, but they're right behind Tahoe is, and we're going to hear from Griffin next, but there is a skinny white dude in a dress right behind him. And nobody is like, it's just completely normal. Like they're all just sitting there, like nodding their heads. Like they're, you know, uh, like wait for their turn to bowl or something like at a bowling alley. It's just so funny. <laughs> You know, well, and I think, I think and the only way to describe it is like all these men look very out of place. And that's the yep. only way to really describe it, you know, and it's just like I said, it comes off phony, pretentious, and it there's, doesn't look like there's much real about it. And like I said, like you said, we're only a minute and 30 minutes in and I can already smell bullshit on this. You know what I mean? It's like, but I it's think a so lot ridiculous. of a lot of people, though, this would be in the background. You know, in some capacity, maybe they're doing their homework, they're reading something, their roommates watching it, and it's just it's seeping into the subconscious, you know, and I mean, we're we're like breaking it down so we could see the ludicrousness of it, the forced diversity, which they're trying to do here, right? Like, of course, the white guy with the cowboy hat is next to the like, you know, the Malcolm X looking black guy and then Tahoe, the soft thug. And then like the athletic Asian guy in the front. It's just so funny. Like they're all these, like they picked them out of a, uh, out of like a catalog, you know? And uh, anyway, I think, Oh, we're, we're, we're in for a treat now. We're going to, we're going to meet the object of my affection so far. Griffin, the man in the dress. Griffin, and I don't identify as a man. Um, I'm non-binary. I still have elements of, you know, my identity that are masculine elements, that are feminine elements that don't fall within that range. And I, I personally just don't feel tied to like the, the norms or the confines of gender at all. Well, welcome. Uh, my name is Dylan, and I think. I guess should we, we might we should stop. I, I feel like I, not much to say. I mean, I, I that's what I would expect Griffin to say, and it's really it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, for Marilyn Manson, almost, you know what I mean? Like, that type, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, that's not a judgment, I'm just trying to give anybody that's listening kind of like, you know, a visual of what this person may look like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, for sure, let's, yeah, we're speaking to the listener right now, you know, and I think Dylan's a young man who a lot of younger people, they might be you know, confused, they might be like trying to figure it out, might want to entertain some uh a lifestyle like that could take you down that path, right? And well, and it's it, like mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm just saying that he's not the type of person that if you bumped into him in the street, you would just be like, Man, that dude's got it all together. You know what I mean? Like that's not right, the first, I, you know. And I don't think, but I th- honestly I think at that age, you know, uh, a lot of in your early twenties there, there's a romanticism attached with this sort of recklessness, this sort of like, I don't give an F about the future. Uh, I'm just going to live for the here and the now. And this is filtered down from our parents' generation again to cycle back to that whole like do as thou wilt boomer mentality. But he, it's 
really, you know, it's metastasized into this sort of extreme hedonism that is celebrated. You know, he's introducing Griffin's introducing himself to the group. And again, everybody's nodding as in their group affirmation to him presenting his confused identity. He literally is saying, I am here. I don't know who the heck I am. I'm just a big ball of confusion. The guy before said, Hey, I was this. I'm now I'm this. I don't know. And everybody, and then the host is like, Hey, I'm here because I'm confused. What, what's going on? So literally we're, we're already, we've already just met three of the 10 people in the room and already they're all confused. So I just, what I, I don't think it gets much, we get much more clarity going forward, but uh, let's meet Dylan Carmichael. Think that the notion of masculinity is just some, something that can be possessed by man or woman, man, woman, non-gender conforming person. What it means to be masculine is just like, you know, changing and like very fluid. Um, but I think that, you know, masculinity is something that just, you know, like you embody based off of just like how you show up in this world as a man and just, and just like, you know, how you go about being your day to day. How you show up. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Very interesting, Dylan Carmichael. But not really. I, I'm just, who are you trying to please in that room? So the point is, again, now, now this is the uh, guy in the salmon shirt. And he's saying, what is he saying? Basically, you are how you show up is what he's saying. You are... Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, more exactly. nonsense. Like, oh, how you, yeah, um, you know, being a man is how you show up or something some in that regard. Um, I, I, it just seems so ridiculous that these are the answers that are being given. It's like what makes a man, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, it, it just seems rehearsed. It's interesting, too, because it's not one of these men have chosen to define themselves by the binary by woman right because i feel like that's really ultimately what it comes down to is man and woman the binary you need the one to define the other that's what gives each their identity that's what gives each their qualities that's why they're all confused they'd have nothing to they're floating in space without any firm footing we could go go a little more forward. We might as well meet a few more of these guys and then see where it takes us. How you doing over there, Adam? You digging this? I mean, it's kind of, I feel like we're not going to get much else out of this panel, but uh, it could be interesting. Yeah, well, I think, I think we had them down, Pat, within the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I'd say so. All right, we shall meet the next gentleman. What's up, guys? My name is Paul. I'm a fitness entrepreneur. Uh, I'm an immigrant. I came here when I was four years old with my family. It's kind of funny how we're talking about it. My take on masculinity is, is not about talking as much as doing. I think at its, at its core, a man has to be efficient, competent, and be willing to do what it takes for, for themselves and their, and their loved ones. I was not always a good man. I mean, that's like, to me, the best answer I've heard <laughs> so far, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with what he said, you know. Um, very direct, and he seemed to, you know, at least know the answer and define it. Yeah, totally, man. 
Well, I mean, what well, maybe I should just we should stop here before we keep going with the panel. I mean, what would you say? Like, I, you know, I kind of gave my two cents on it. What would, what would you say in terms of like what what is mask? Not necessarily masculinity. I feel like that's that's like the the corny way to to describe it. But you know, I mean, what what are we talking about here? Like, what what is uh, what does it take to be a man? Not what does it take? Like, what is what what is it, what is it what is it like being a dude i guess right i don't know yeah I well I, I think it, it's like you know it's an energy you know and i i think it's um something that is uh you know i mean obviously every male gender obviously has male masculinity but masculinity to me is just determined on like you know I guess not only being true to your word, but, and then how do you carry, how, how you carry yourself or, you know, how, how dominant you are, how, um, you know, and keeping your word to other, to others and um, being there for them. I mean, those are all things that everyone should do, but I think that, you know, men should hold themselves to a higher standard when it comes to, you know, keeping their word and not being, uh, you know, let down, the wrong path when it comes to, you know, everything that's going on in society regarding, you know, the feminization of every, everything. I, I think that um, a man keeps his word. He does the right thing. Um, he doesn't, you know, he will, uh, he will meet you halfway because obviously, you know, we're not going to be a hundred percent right half all the time, but I think that, you know, he, he as Ben, have a certain duty to uh, be a certain way, you know? And I, I think that uh, society is kind of mixing those boundaries up a little bit. And I, well, think- I think yeah, the duty, I think is really spot on the money. And I think duty really is, is grounded in, it's really grounded in biology, largely just yeah, the, totally. yeah, the yeah. differences that we do have between being a man and a woman. Right. And, with those differences come a certain set of proclivities that come more naturally to either of the sexes based on, you know, how they develop. And that's based on design. That's based on nature's design of the two sexes. And men tend to be more, they have faculties that are directed at building, at constructing, at, at, at uh, putting systems together, right? And the sort of focus that's required for that. And they do that usually with the the uh, the peace that's provided by by women, the 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 comfort, the nurturing aspect, the homeliness that is provided by women. So it has you have that like counterpart and the ultimate the, the purpose of most men that I think a lot of men are missing is to achieve this sort of harmonious state with nature, which often is. And this, this doesn't say like, go out there, find a mate right now, but oftentimes your manliness is defined by womanliness and the peak womanliness is what nature intended for it to be, which is, again, it's these sort of like nurturing, protective, well, not necessarily protective, nurturing, uh, pacifying qualities. And men need to work to build, to preserve that as well as all good things that are they love and and we know what we love because that's another part of our consciousness and we share that with women men and women share that this mutual consciousness where we could understand 
beauty and truth and goodness. You know, that's something that we all share, which is great, but it's been completely inverted largely due to people not understanding being so selfish that we don't want to fulfill our duties as men and women, our natural God-given biological duties that we were, uh, you know, put on this earth for, we're all, we're all acting like we need to figure it out. So much of it is already, it's just been designed for us and given to us. And we're so full of pride and arrogance. We can't look at it as the gift that we're given this beautiful structure that we could then move forward with. And I really do think that's part of what men need to start honing in on is that kind of that purpose that is, is just inherent in everything. And you just like, look around, you're like, how do I, how do I build and keep making things better? You know, how do I protect all that is good? Yeah, totally. Uh, I agree with you hundred percent. Uh, I think that um, the lines are a lot more faded now um, because people just, you know, we're living in a generation that um, that just doesn't know who they are. And, you know, young people have identity issues anyway. Um, you know, I mean, just be, I, I think myself growing up, I didn't have, you know, I, I, like an identity crisis of like gender, but, you know, I, it, it takes um, a lot of growing up to learn exactly who you are. And the fact that, um, you know, they, they try to make masculinity into like, oh, rape and pillage. That's what men do. Rape and pillage. You know what I mean? It's, that's not what masculinity is, you know? Like, um, so it's really being distorted in our society because uh, we, you know, it, it's like you said, it's like biology. It's something that is in every man um, and every woman you know, has feminine qualities too. And the fact that they're trying to blur all these lines. Um, and I mean, it's not to say that, you know, you can't, you know, there are a lot of men in like compassionate fields that women are in, you know, like teaching's one of them and nursing and all these things. And I think, can, but I will say that that's also, I think that's deliberately done by design. A lot of that stuff to mess people up, to start genderizing professions right yeah, like as, yeah, as yeah. though as though these professions are timeless and have gender is very funny like you know what i mean to, to act like a modern day nurse in a modern day hospital is the same as a healthcare worker from like 100 years ago is just is very laughable and they do that and that's genderization and i hate to like use the the terminology of the woke the woke people out there uh the woke warriors um you know, because they, the, there's a difference between gender and sex, right? And gender is completely made up. That's why they could have a million different genders. Um, but they, they, they give gender two things and that's the annoying thing, you know, and that's the same thing they do with, with race and with all these, all these other, not sex so much. Well, the sex life, I guess they, they, they pervert and blur lines. Um, and that's ultimately their goal is to just keep blurring the lines of the truth create utter confusion until you have a panel of guys like this who don't even know you know what a man is isn't that crazy like you have a panel where like we've we've met four well one of the four guys that we've met so far do not cannot really clearly actually five guys one four of the five guys that we've met so far cannot clearly define what a man is very funny um you know what though i think we might leave it here if that's cool. 
maybe pick this up next time. Yeah, there's a, a lot to uh, decompose there. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. I mean, this was a fun one, though. I think we had we we really touched on a lot, um, and we definitely could keep going. A lot of stuff to explore for yeah, totally. sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's just um, uh, the whole point of this, and this is just like my perspective about it. I'm sure you would agree that this is all done by design. It's not like this totally. is all by accident. You know, this is just not. You know, that shit like this doesn't just happen. Well, I think it's it's set in motion by design, right? I think, and I think they know that they they know they can't control they can't control a lot of the blowback. Um, and they still they still get stuff blowing up in their face all the time. You know, I think the WEF and all those guys, you know, the Klaus Schwab and gang, I think they're a little they were a little taken by surprise by how much pushback they've been getting. But uh, I do think I, I agree, though, I do think a lot of a lot of what is being set in motion. At least at the very least is done by design. Well, and the thing is, like, why do you need panels for this? You know what I mean? Like, you know, think about how we grew up. We didn't need a panel to tell us what a man was, you know? Right. Like, uh, we didn't need fucking experts to tell us what these, you know, what it meant to be a man. Right. The, it, it the message is, again, the message, the takeaway is utter confusion. That is the takeaway. Yeah. It's 40 minutes or however long this thing is. Yeah, 43 minutes of just confusion propaganda directed at men, all men of, of all backgrounds. You know, it's very, uh, very tragic, actually. You know, I mean, we're, we're laughing at it right now, but it really is a tragedy. Uh, a, a lot of young men are really, really targeted well, by then, a lot guess, of really guess, evil stuff these days. I guess the ultimate question is, why are they being targeted? And because there's strength there. Again, I this is the building well, creative force is men well, not I, taking anything away from women, but men have the force of creation in them. That's what they do. They build. And they, if they, if you could destroy the, if you could undermine the builders, I mean, what you, you win, right? You, you have no competition then. They're all just like jerking each other off in, in their own crap. You know, being like, oh, I'm a, I'm a unicorn today. I'm an alligator today. Oh, how great. It's just, it's endless. Yeah, but the thing depravity. is to me, like, I don't, I don't really know how this is affecting, like, just day-to-day life because none of this, nobody talks about any of this sh- stuff, you know, um, like my, even like my family, um, I, I don't really see a lot of transgender in my, you know, I live in a pretty populated area, so I don't know why this, like just say like maybe trans and all this stuff is like maybe a, a small percentage of the population, but why are they targeting the masses about it? And that's the weird part. It's just like, why is these people, you know, which, you know, I like, I'm going to say like, obviously I have no issue with them, but you have to think deeper on a deeper level. Why are people being targeted and why is it being slammed down our throats? I was talking to people a few months ago about it. I was like, listen, you know, the movement is fine but they're screwing themselves by jamming it down everybody's throat because then people look at it as abrasive and it's fine because people are allowed to have that opinion about something being abrasive. You know, it's not like, you know, we just have to accept it 
you know, because they say so, you know what I mean? And they're jamming it down our throats. You know, I was, I was always accepted of it, accepting of it since I was fucking a kid, you know what I mean? Like, so why would I, I need to, like, why do I need to be, um, sassed by these people on this, uh, matter? Because at the end of the day, it seems to me that most people don't care. So why are the masses being targeted and why are men being targeted? And I believe that men are probably being targeted because when eventually when things really go down, these, these people, these men don't have the skills to fight against whatever system is going to be coming at them in the future. You know what I mean? Or system or uh, collapse or whatever it is that's going to happen in the future. It's probably not going to be good. And, you know, we're going to, and most of the men are going to be unprepared to deal with it because they, they have all these issues regarding, you know, self-esteem. And um, I just, not, it's not even a man thing either. I just saw um, a poll or a, um, not, not a poll, a, a stat that said that 60% of teenage girls have uh, feel depressed and are unhappy, you know? And it's like, well, we live in the easiest time in history. Why is that? And I think that if people just ask themselves, why is this happening? Why are 60% of young teenagers or teenagers, teenage women upset and they're not happy? It's because of all the shit in society that is being, that they are bombarding us with, you know? Well, there's exactly. And they're seeking purpose while denying reality. And how, how are you going to get anywhere if you don't, if you deny the truth, you're just going to be floundering in confusion. Yeah, you support the narrative, but you deny the truth, you know, and that, that's, um, you know, you, you support the narrative by idiots with that represent billion dollar corporations that have no interest in protecting you, no interest in anything that you are actually interested in when it comes to your well-being. You know what I mean? And it's um, you, when you look at that fact alone, I think that. <clears throat> you realize what is going on. Um, and it, it's sad because this is the generation that is going to end up, uh, you know, not collapsing, but I mean, having all these problems. Oh, totally. I mean, there's a lot of ways to sterilize the herd or call the herd. And I think that's what they're actively trying to do. They're trying to bring numbers down. And, you know, I was thinking um, this is a little bit of a dark and tangential thought, but I was thinking I really kind of put it together in terms of why. Why they were OK with so many of like the more, you know, middle America independent, more libertarian or, or Republican minded type people why they were more okay, I guess, with them rejecting the vaccine narrative. Not that they were okay, but they did lay off at a certain point, right? And really, their most rabid fan base were, you know, largely urbanites, paper pushers, bureaucrats, white collar people, basically the useless class, right? People who accepted the vaccine. When, when things collapse, when, when the whole house goes up in flames and there's no more cushy jobs and no more Starbucks and 
people are, are fighting for a box of dry pasta. The, the white collar people are, are going to be the most useless people as well as the most hysterical people during that. Probably second only to the, the prescription drug addicts who are going to be freaking out. Uh, I think they're fully anticipating like complete chaos, but I think they, and they want to control the chaos. So they do want to sort of control die off. And I think they're okay with the more useless people. And I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to, that, that does sound harsh. If you took the vaccine, this is no judgment against you and, and things it, perhaps you felt you had to do it at that time. So no judgments on you, but it does seem that the people right now, people who are still now uh, sticking to the jab narrative are, uh, these are oftentimes the people who are in the more useless positions of society. And, you know, the, the word for a bag of sticks, the reason they use that as that word is because people who would carry the, the burden of sticks on their back, it was a burden. So the whole word comes from being a burden on society. That's where, and it wasn't just the gays who were that. It was, they, they used the word for old women. They used the word for all sorts of useless people through society. You know, the same way that the, the etymo etymological roots of slave come from Slav. So Adam is actually more closely related, I think, to the traditional uh, source of, of slaves, the Slavic peoples, based on your bloodline, than a lot of the people who are up in arms about reparations. But anyway, major digression. It just was on my mind. I kind of wanted to get it out there. Well, you know, um, you know, I mean, you bring up some good points, and I think that uh, it, it's uh, it, it's very kind of unfortunate because at the end of the day, who really suffers, and who is suffering at, um, because of all this, and it's you know the the lines are blurred to a lot of people, I guess. I mean, um, you know, all the people I talk to, I you know, I you know, I guess it's because you know we're in our thirties, so we don't, I don't think we're really privy to what's going on in like 18 year olds heads or 16 year olds heads. You know I mean? I have a 21 year old cousin. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much it's affecting them. I just know that what I see on television and the media and what's being projected is just sickening. Um, because, you know, it's not necessarily because they're doing it. It's like, I just know why they're doing it. And it's disgusting. Um, it, it's, um, the, the world that we're living in is a very strange place right now because it's just fueled by double standards. And, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because, um, it's going to have a very negative effect, you know, within at least probably two decades of like the mindset of the, of people and, uh, just social media and the mass confusion and nobody knows the truth anymore. And, well, uh, people know people know the truth when I mean, I think they can know the truth if as long as you reject what they are trying to confuse you with. And because the truth is there, you know, I mean, you look around you and it's truth. You know what I'm saying? I the sun rising is truth. And they'll, they'll try to confuse you by making you go in a room with eight other men 
and having the other eight men tell you that they're not men and you just Truth walk out simple, and you're like, I am confused. You know, if something is complicated, you know, it's a lie, you know, 100%, and that's yeah. with, with, like the, with like the vaccine narrative, they came up with all these weird, complicating things that don't make any sense that are very arbitrary. And it's just like, well, it sounds like bullshit to me because anything that actually works or anything that's actually true you don't have it doesn't need propaganda it just is it just exists you, you know it works you know like you said the sun's coming up you know it's gonna fucking rise every morning you don't gotta debate it um but it's uh you know so when something needs propaganda you know it's a lie i mean i told you about the commercial i saw that with the little kid writing a letter to santa claus saying all i want is the vaccine for christmas it's like oh, come on man it is absolutely absurd that anybody would ever think of a commercial like that and use a little kid as a pawn or a tool for big pharma. And but that's the world we're living in. And right now, uh, but we're, yeah, yeah. you know, we, along with our listeners, I think we're of the mindset that we want to build and we want to create and we don't want that stuff that they're selling us. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Optimal State podcast guys want to follow us on socials you can check us out on instagram at optimal state pod we're also on patreon find us optimal state pod there as well and uh if you want to drop us a line even get one of your emails read on the air if you have a question for us just hit us up at optimal state pod at gmail.com thanks again for listening see you next episode